Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, the Upstate Performance Project. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the last couple episodes. Um, We're going to follow up today on uh, what we talked about last week, which was being a leader. And today we're going to identify some things that uh, you can utilize around you, looking at the skill, or not the skills, pardon me, the resources that you have available to you, how to recognize them um, and use them to lead to the best of your ability. Before we do that, again, a couple things to announce or a couple things to go over. Uh, First of all, if you are a former athlete and wanting to get back into shape, back into that feeling of competitiveness, but also the feeling of um, just being in the best shape of your life, like when you played, we understand that you know, after playing for so long, it can be frustrating uh, to know what to do. Uh, you've had coaches write your programs for you your whole career. Now what? Or your body's taken a beating from lifting and playing for so many years, you just need a break, and now that break is over, and maybe the break was a little too long, and you need to get back to it. All of these things we totally understand, and we want to help you with and get you the best results possible. That being said, we have a special program uh, aimed at former athletes. Uh, so please just give us a, a either a, a message on Instagram or go to the website and fill out the paperwork or the form there. Uh, we will get you going. And the thing is, when we're training people online, especially former athletes, we, we know how to motivate. We know having been there, having been collegiate strength coaches and, and um, you know collegiate athletes, pro athletes, we understand how to reach that competitive drive to get you there, but at the same time, understanding where you are now physically and how to get you back. All right, that being said, we're going to jump into today's topic, which is, again, leadership. Today's going to be a rather short or relatively short episode. I want to kind of hit a couple points real fast, um, and then I have got to get out to the chickens We've got chickens now. We've got a little farm going on, but uh, it's about to rain really hard, so uh, we'll have to tend to the chickens. But uh, let's jump right in. So when you are in a leadership position, or maybe you're not necessarily the boss or the manager, but you're on a team and you want to kind of establish yourself as someone that can be trusted, counted on, or given special... Um, uh, what's the right word of responsibilities, uh, that sort of thing, or, you know, you want to stand out so that maybe you get that promotion showing, you know, how not only to lead, but how you can utilize the resources around you are going to make you stand out. And during our story time today, I'm going to tell you a little story about exactly how I have done that. Um, and, and give you you know, just a quick little snippet of, of how that works. Um, and I've, I've mentioned it before, but but I'll go into a little more detail. First of all, personnel. That's the biggest and best resource you have around. If you are a manager, I said this last week, you know, you want to you hire people that have strengths 
other than yours. And the hardest part, and you guys have heard this before, but I have to say it is worth repeating. I understand that when you have a program that you're developing or you're leading a program, you're leading a, a team of people, a team of trainers, whatever, whatever you're doing, you have an idea, it's your idea, and you hand too much of it off to everybody else. And if, if they do it really, really well, you know, it may seem like that credit goes to them and not to you. Well, they may have done a good job, but guess what? It was still your idea. You're still leading the ship and you are the one that selected them to do that job. And it works or it looks way better for you, the leader, if you have hired these people for their particular skill set. And it works two ways. One, again, your superiors, right? Or even if you're not don't have superiors if you're the the head head person the people around you will recognize that you are the one that coordinated that team and that have built that team and you built that team of experts based around the needs that you don't have or that your skills aren't the best at organization is not my best skill now it's the story i used last week i brooke was someone that um, did all the detail work in in uh, in the small little uh, I don't want to say menial tasks, but some of them were. Uh, but she was great at staying on task and getting those details done. Whereas Billy was fabulous working one on one with people, getting out there. And not that they couldn't have interchanged those roles; they were both good at both. But they one excelled at each of those things. So guiding your personnel that's that's the biggest thing that's the biggest thing and again if you are again worried about someone stealing your thunder uh, you have to realize that your team's success is also your success right it's just like uh, a baseball coach they don't they're not the ones getting out there and, and hitting the balls or or you know pitching strikeouts but they're the ones making the call of when to put people in, when to you know, do a hit and run versus a bunt versus swing away, uh, throwing different pitches. There's someone making those decisions and you know, utilizing who you have, the personnel on your team, uh, is going to yield the best results. And that's why when things go wrong, sometimes the coach is the one that gets blamed because they're the ones that orchestrate, even if it was... You know, someone dropping the ball or striking out, maybe they shouldn't have been there. Maybe that shouldn't have been the person taking that pinch hit opportunity. So again, what we're, what we're trying to get to is everyone on the team is important. The leader does not have to be the one making every single decision. So another great way you can establish yourself as a leader is, is really looking at the problem. Right, and so whether it's whether you're, excuse me, gotta gotta hydrate. Whether you are the boss or you're just a team member yourself, if you are working towards something, if you're trying to develop a program, or if you're trying to solve, hey, we just need more members or we need more clients. Okay, that's the problem. We could all identify that. Looking at solutions based on what you have around. So, for example. Um, Again, I'm going to go back to the YMCA. That was my most recent experience where I had a large team. I have a few employees now, but you know, we needed to to 
gain revenue and personal training. So what was our biggest thing? Well, we had 18,000 members. So we could just go, you know, basically walk around and talk to people, which was something we did, but we also wanted to utilize, uh, we had a wide range of, of equipment and, and other resources that weren't being used. For example, um, we had a 55 acre nature preserve that I wanted to do a mud run with. And we did, and we built it, and it was great, and we had success with it. But the main other, or the main other, the other big reason we wanted to do that was to show people that we had this facility. And then that gets more people excited about that. Oh, we didn't know we had that. We can use that. I don't know what to do. Okay, I'll take you over there and train you. So again, building those opportunities based on looking at what was underutilized. So if you're on a team, and you work in a gym and your boss is telling you, hey, we need you know, uh, to increase revenue and personal training. Well, you might look and say, well, you know what? We have these, uh, this, these individual classrooms that aren't being used for you know, several hours of the day. What I, what, why don't I institute a small group personal training rather than uh, you know, just always you know, group exercise classes, maybe small one on three or one to five, ratio personal training sessions and again just utilizing what you have around that's a great solution it's it's uh you know something that maybe the boss didn't think about but if you are the one that suggests that again you might be asked to then okay you you head that up you write the marketing materials for it and then you're being noticed and if you are the boss again you have to take stock of what you have available to you facilities looking at all the things that are around you uh, that you can utilize in different ways. So again, looking at uh, when I was at the YMCA, one of the things that we really had, like I was saying a minute ago, was the facilities. And what we decided to do was try to use our, uh, our gymnasium a lot more. So we used it for basketball, right? And one of the things that we tried to do on... Um, to, to beef up our uh, CrossFit uh, stuff was we had, usually on a holiday, we would bring over all the mats and the weights and stuff and we'd set it up in the gym and where all 17,000 other members were walk, working out and they would see our CrossFit people going at it and be like, wow, that was pretty cool. I didn't know that's what they do over there in the CrossFit gym because we had a separate building for, for the CrossFit stuff. Um, so when we did that, all of a sudden that became, you know, people were at the window watching or up on top of the, um, the, uh, mezzanine on the walking track looking down. And we did that intentionally, you know, right. We weren't just trying to need needing a bigger space. We had plenty of, plenty of space over in the actual box. But in this case, we had, um, all eyes on us. Right. And that was the key. And guess what? Now that same area in the gym they pared down some of the basketball and they put the crossfit gym right there in the gymnasium it's right there and so now more people are using using their their beast mode uh crossfit stuff there which was a huge boost and and it's a great revenue source because again there's some people that may not have ever known we were doing that and that was just what they needed uh and that that was one of those things where we tried 
and intentionally tried to utilize this space that was underutilized to create something out of that. And so sometimes being that leader doesn't mean, you know, charging from, from the front lines and saying, follow me and do what I do. Sometimes it's just looking around and picking out things that, you know, spaces that are underutilized or staff, recognizing staff members that have certain skills uh, that we can bring up. One of the things that I think is huge, and this is the last thing I'll say, and this is going back to personnel, not just hiring people that are good at what you're not to complete your team, which I think is very important, but another thing is empowering your employees. That, I think, is the biggest thing a leader can do, is empower their employees. So you have to know what your employees are good at, so you have to evaluate well. So it goes back into you know knowing how to evaluate properly, which we'll talk about that on the next episode, how to evaluate and how to identify some of these things. See the segue here? But the idea is we wanna get the most out of our clients. So I had a client, or a, pardon me, a trainer that was excellent um, with uh, her her um, her clients. She, she did great, but she had taken a lot of time off due to two different pregnancies, and just you know her clientele and her time her clientele had gone down, and her time that she had to train had gone down, and so she had kind of really dove into motherhood, you know, and was loving it, and, and is obviously an awesome. Uh, parent, but what we did was I went and, and said, "Hey, look, let's get you certified in this." Um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think if if she, yeah. So we got her certified in the uh, in pre and postnatal training, and you know we had the Y, you know, help pay for that because then we knew that what would happen was there's going to be a lot of people either during pregnancy or right after pregnancy that the that is going to need expert training in that area and we had an expert uh we have of course chelsea uh she was an expert in running she was a professional runner so what do we have her do start a run club and then things come out of there so i put that on those trainers to go do that go find these things what are you good at um we had another trainer um leslie who uh she was kind of a jack of all trades, right? She she uh, didn't necessarily specialize in any one thing. She started to get into bodybuilding towards the end of my time there. But prior to that, it was just general fitness. So we would pay for her to go to the uh, Idea Fit um, convention, where there's just a whole new bag of tricks, you know, that are always open in these conventions, and and we would send her to that. That was she loved like soaking up all these new little things, bring them back, and then teach us you know, what she learned. But it was about empowering those those people to do that. The other thing that we did or that I did was, and this was probably against, well, not probably, this was against what I was really supposed to be doing, but I knew it was going to help retain good quality people, but also generate them extra revenue, was to start their own websites and blogging and putting themselves out there to market themselves in that way. Uh, and so that was one of the things that I really thought was important because I knew that it, that had helped me when I was trying to build up my clientele and, and it worked. It worked for a lot of the clients that did that. Uh, again, the same Leslie, um, Erica and, and Chelsea, those are some of my three top performers, but we had others that utilized that as well. 
Um, and some trainers didn't want to do that, didn't want to put that effort into it, and that's okay. But again, it's it's looking at those trainers or looking at those people on your team that have some passions somewhere or some skills somewhere. If you empower them, they're going to want to work hard for you. Because here's the thing, in your business or, or if, if you don't even own your business, if you're just the manager of a gym, you run the show, right? No one's going to work harder for the success of your department or the success of your business other than you. But if you want people to work pretty close to that, you have to empower them. They have to feel like their contributions are vital to the operation, which they are. But not just showing up and training people, but going out and getting people in unique ways using their unique skill set and teaching them how to use that skill set to gain new clients is where you, the leader, are going to shine. So that when I talk about resources, definitely people are a lot, again, hiring people that complement your weaknesses, or complement your strengths, I should say, that cover your weaknesses, and then trying to empower those people, and then try to utilize literally the space around you. Find out what's being underutilized and what could be created and put into those spaces or those time slots. It may not be a physical space, it may just be time. So wh how did I do that? You know, one, what, what's a good example? You know, we'll move into our little story time here. Story time being just we want, I want you guys to understand that you know, so everything that we're trying to tell you or we're trying to put out is things that Chelsea and I have done ourselves. And so when I, when I started at Next Level uh, Sports Performance with Chad and Laura Richards back in, in uh, 2015, one of the things that I was able to do for, for, for Chad was take over all of the consultations. And I was able to do that because, again, part of it was my education and my background, and he, knew, he recognized that knew that, but that was something that he was doing pretty much all himself. Um, and he liked it, but at the same time, his client roster was full. He was trying to step back at that time. So he was looking for someone that could step in and explain that information. Um, and so some of the seminars that I did in the beginning, which were for self-promotion, we've talked about that, trying to get generate clients for me, he came to those as a boss to just see what I was all about and hear me in my element. Well, then he tapped me. He's like, hey, I need you. You know, why don't you do a consultation with me and sit in? And then, you know, he taught me that. Then what that meant was I had first right of refusal. So all the people that came in for consultations, they came across me first. And I got to say, yeah, I want that or that that will fit my time schedule. Boom. And I filled my client roster right up. But that only happened because I took the initiative to try to put information out there to the general gym population about stuff that I knew, you know, expert stuff that I knew. In this case, it was weightlifting. But even though I didn't go on to talk about weightlifting with all these consultation people, it was more about my ability to talk and communicate to the individual or the, the these groups that, and convey this information. Uh, coupled with the knowledge, you know, Chad felt that I could convey his, his method of um, converting clients, we'll say, very well. And in fact, I've used a lot of those same techniques here with Upstate Performance Project. Chad is a huge influence. Um, Chad, Laura, all of them there at, uh, at Next Level that were there when I, I learned a lot from those trainers. So 
moving on today we want to talk in our in our science uh section i need to come up with a, a, a nifty title for that I'm, I'm not real thrilled with just the the with science <laughs> research discussion yeah get the cheering going um so read an article, wanted to share it with you, and again, I'll link everything in the description here, but it was about using sleds, pushing sleds in particular, uh, sled sprinting, and whether, you know what, I'm about to read the wrong study, that's for the next episode, sorry, <laughs> what I really wanted to talk about uh, was utilizing uh, intervals, uh, do high, high, Sorry, I was looking down at my notes and I looked at the wrong study. The study today that I want to talk about that I have prepared and already copied in. That's why I could have gone ahead and talked about the sled one, but I already have the notes copied in for for this one. Uh, this is uh, using do uh, looking at volume load and rest intervals. So we've long thought and long known that you know if we're gonna try to gain strength, you know, uh, whatever the load is, we need proper rest in between sets to recuperate, to uh, generate more strength and to, to get the most out of the workout. Well, this study, you know, wanted to look at, well, what's the difference between strength and hypertrophy when it comes to load and time, uh, in, uh, rest interval time? And basically, the, the, the results were that when you're looking at strength as the goal, you definitely do need that recovery time. And so you don't want to just do more volume with less rest. You need a significant amount of rest. Again, two to four minutes uh, is generally the, the accepted number, and that's kind of what, what we found here. Um, I say we, what the <laughs> authors found here. Uh, when it came to hypertrophy though, volume load was was more important than the rest interval. So whether you had long rest intervals or short rest intervals, um, the, the volume load, or the, uh, sorry, if you had long intervals versus short intervals, uh, you just had to adjust the weight on the bar, the actual load on the bar. The volume, the total volume, could be done, you know, made up with the sets based on the rest intervals you were taking. So, for example, you could get the same result if you used short, a little bit lighter loads and shorter rest periods, but more sets. Or you could do uh, a little bit heavier weight and fewer sets with less or with longer rest periods in between. And those all gained or all showed gains in uh, muscle hypertrophy. So when you're designing programs and you're trying to either look at the time you have for your session or for what your goals are, again, for hypertrophy, we're looking at you know a higher volume, uh, at least in this case, or this study showed that a higher volume was going to give you the best benefit, whether you use short or long intervals. Uh, as opposed to just um, changing the load on the bar. All right, well, I'll link that study in and, and uh, hope you guys take a peek at that and we'll go from there.
All right. Lastly today, I want to talk about a little motivation. And today, I'm not really going to give a whole lot of direct motivation, but I'm going to direct you to my uh, Instagram page, my personal Instagram page, just Pete underscore Townley. And the reason I want you to go to my page is if you scroll down about halfway through, oh, not halfway through, I don't have that many posts. You scroll down a few posts, you're going to run into some old posts from about a year or so ago, maybe two years ago, where I did a whole slew of posts about wellness, all different types of wellness, the wellness model. Um, We're coming up on Wellness Day, uh, National Wellness Day, um, here in June, and it's a good time for me to kind of repeat the series. And one of the things that I think we could all benefit from is how, how... we look at wellness, what we mean by wellness. And so what we've always talked about at Upstate Performance Project and in these posts on my Instagram, that's why I wanted you to go there, I'm gonna be redoing a whole series about this on my Instagram. So if you're not following me, go ahead and follow me. Um, But looking at nutrition and exercise is just, you know, a small part of the puzzle. You know, financial health, spiritual health and wellness. Uh, there's a whole slew of things that are in our wellness model that we want to talk about and that we can really utilize to gain um, better perspective on you know, job situations or your workouts, fitness levels, whatever it may be. Uh, we have to incorporate all of these things to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the wellness model in our next podcast, um, but follow me. Uh, I'm going to do a post tonight, uh, actually, so you'll, it'll probably be already on there by the time you hear this, uh, about talking about just my journey through wellness, uh, how I came to really follow this wellness model in all of my coaching, uh, whether that be at the college level or you know, here at my, my gym. And we want to make sure that, or I want to make sure that you know, what we hear or what you hear is how it's so important to incorporate all aspects of wellness, not just the exercise and not just the nutrition. Those are two big ones. Got to have them, but there's a lot more. All right, have a great one, guys. We'll talk to you soon.